The Productive Woman, Episode 205. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'll share with you my conversation with wife, mom, and businesswoman, Toria Catlin. You'll find more information about Toria, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 205. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. Text Expander is one of my favorite productivity tools and one that I've used for many years long before they started sponsoring this podcast. I use it to help me communicate smarter and more efficiently. Basically, Text Expander allows you to create what they call snippets, little abbreviations for things that you type or copy and paste all the time. You can create snippets for short things that you use constantly, but maybe don't always re- remember. For me, I think of things like email addresses, website URLs, the date. There are you know any number of things like that. Phone numbers. I have my cell phone and my business phone and different things as created as snippets. So you would think, well, those are short, but there's always the possibility if you type them out uh, that there's going to be a typo. But if you use a text expander snippet to do it, you don't have to worry about that. You type two or three characters, whatever you set up as the little abbreviation, the snippet for that, and it automatically expands into the correct typing of the longer thing uh, every time. There's never a typo in it. Another use for text expander is if you have certain words that you always mistype. I have found there are a couple of words that every time I type them, although I know how to spell them, for some reason my fingers want to type them wrong. So I just created a snippet that when I type it wrong, it automatically corrects it. And you can do that so easily, so quickly in text expander. You can also create snippets for long things that you use pretty regularly, maybe directions to your home or office or answers to common questions for your business. There there are so many ways that you can use this and you can literally type a couple of of characters and have it expand into several paragraphs worth of long formatted text, even with uh, little drop downs that allow you to make choices about filling in blanks, basically. I'm not great at explaining how this works, but there are uh, demos and videos on the text expander website that will explain and show how you can do all these things. It's just such a great tool. Once you've created these snippets, which takes seconds to do, you can summon them in any app uh, and you can use it on your Mac, on your iOS devices, your iPhone, your iPad, Windows-based devices. You use that abbreviation and just type it in and it magically fills in the text that you want. And you can personalize your responses to various things using fill-in fields, like say, dear 
you know, and you put a, a blank for the name and it asks you when you summon the snippet, how to, what name you want to put in there. It's a wonderful tool. I use it all the time. I've saved hours and hours of time using it uh, instead of retyping things that I do all the time. I highly recommend this tool. It's one of my favorites and you can try it out by going to textexpander.com slash podcast. And if you use that link, it will, you will get 20% off your first year. And when you do so, please be sure to choose the productive woman in there. How did you hear about us? Drop down questions so they know that I sent you. All right, let's get right into my conversation with Toria Catlin. I am so pleased to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Toria Catlin. Toria is a wife, a mom, a businesswoman, and a graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy. And I've really been looking forward to talking with her about how she's making a life that matters. So welcome, Toria. Thank you. It's nice to be able to talk to you. Yeah, we've uh, we've corresponded some, but we've never talked before today. So it's uh, it's I've really been looking forward to doing this. In in the interest of full disclosure, I guess we'd I would start by mentioning that we got acquainted because you and your husband own a company that I have loved your product for a while, and you actually sponsored the podcast for a while. You want to. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, we uh, we were very happy to uh, get your subscription a couple of years ago now. And at the time, you mentioned that you were a podcast person. <laughs> you did your own podcast and, and the name of them. And so I have dabbled in listening and enjoyed uh, learning a lot from you. But we do we own Making Light Candles, and it's a it's actually a side business on our main candle company, which is called Middle David's Artisan Candles. So we've been enjoying uh, sponsorship as well as just uh, interacting with you via email about your subscription or whatever else you have going on. Yeah, and and I uh, long before you all ever agreed to sponsor the podcast for a while, I I just love your candles. They're they're I always have one on my desk, and it's one of the things. It's part of my morning routine, uh, and I've talked about it on the show many times. So it's a lot of fun to have you here to talk about about who you are, kind of the the woman behind the the product, I guess, in a way. I gave a little bit of an introduction to you, but aside from what you do with the the candle company, Toria, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you are, what you do, whatever you think it would be useful for us to know about you as we talk about productivity today. Well, I am, as you mentioned, a wife and a mom. Probably those are my most important roles. Um, I've been married to my husband, Dan, for 29 years now, and we have three daughters who are uh, one just graduated from college, one's a senior in college, and one just started freshman year in high school. You mentioned when uh, when we were ta- corresponding about you being a guest on the show, you sent me kind of a little bio. Part of your background, as I mentioned at the beginning here, was that you graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy. Talk about that a little bit. Well, that's been an interesting an interesting experience in our lives. Actually, my husband uh, graduated from there as well. I was in the ninth class to graduate from the academy that had women in it, 1988. So we're coming up on our 30th reunion this fall. <laughs> it was an interesting time to be there, to, to say the least. It wasn't really receptive to women being there. They 
they would prefer that, you know, they wanted to keep it all male, the, the, the most of the male midshipmen at that time. So there was a little bit of adversity, but it's turned out to be a founding experience in my life, uh, informed how I look at life in a lot of ways. And once you go through something like that, I always refer back to that when I'm afraid of whatever's ahead of me, because I think, well, I did that so I can do this. <laughs> you know, that is such a, that's such a great attitude and a good reminder for all of us. I was having a conversation with somebody else recently about the value of looking back when you're ha- when you're facing a challenge that you think you can't overcome or you've taken on a project that you think is too big for you or, or you know anything like that it's so valuable to sort of look back in your life and say all right what where have i faced another challenge that i overcame and remind yourself of that the fact that you have that competence that you went through whatever it is you've been through in your past so you can do this next thing too it's true i i often wear my class ring at to events that i'm nervous about how i'm going to do and i just you know it's kind of my talisman i say okay i did this <laughs> so oh. i can cuz Class rings are a very important symbol at the academies. You don't get one until you're a junior, and you don't get to keep it if you don't graduate. So it's a very ceremonial piece of jewelry that is very important to all the graduates. What a neat idea, though, to to have that, as you called it, a talisman, but a tangible reminder of something you've accomplished. I have enjoyed it. You know, my husband has one as well, and he never loses it. He wears it frequently, too. I He did much better at the Academy than I did, so <laughs> it's not quite the same effect for him. It's different things, <laughs> different memories, but we each got through, so. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, it's it's a huge accomplishment on your part, especially to have done it at that time when it was early days for women there. Well, the other neat thing is that the women, we started with... 117 or 116 women, and we graduated 70 or so out of about 11 to 1,200 graduates. So we were started at 10% and ended up much lower than that. But each one of those women, I'm very excited to see any of them at our reunion this fall, and I follow them. And there's a sisterhood there that uh, is unique. Later graduates don't quite have the understanding of the situation we were in at the time. And the ladies, even before us, were had it even harder. So um, I have a lot of respect. And I have a friend who's an admiral of one of my classmates. I'm very proud of her. That's pretty cool. And so from the academy, then I assume you went out into the fleet. You went into the Navy and served there. What was that like? Uh, at the time, there was not a lot of billets open for women. We were restricted into where we could serve. There were ships available and planes available, but a lot more support positions were available. And so I was actually in the general unrestricted line, which was nicknamed or shortened to the acronym G-U-R-L or the girls, which I'm sure was on, on purpose. <laughs> but we did shore station management and It was a time where things were just starting to open up to women. So I enjoyed actually serving on shore. I was a personnel officer in a Navy lab for a while, and I was also a detailer in Washington where I sent people out on orders all over the world. So that was uh, was kind of fun, interesting experience. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know whether I've told you, I've got a son who's currently serving in the Navy, and I know his detailer is an important person in his life. 
Yes, <laughs> it was. Uh, it's kind of wheeling and dealing was kind of fun. I was at the bottom of the totem pole, but I still managed to get the jobs that the close to what the requests were for the jobs for the incoming ensigns in the field that I was in. So that was fun. Very interesting. So that's that's part of your past that forms a framework for where you are today. And as we get into talking about productivity and the things that you do in terms of accomplishing what you want to and and making a life that matters as you define it, I think it's helpful before we get into the specifics of you know, what works for you and the things that you do to have a little bit of context for that. And so if there is such a thing for you uh, as a typical day, what might that look like? Well, I try to start out each day with exercise. I get up between 5.30 and 6, and that's when the local pool is open. So I, I go over and swim twice a week, or I ride my bike three times a week. And that's throughout the weekend as well. But I have some more and more defined as years go on uh, exercise mileage goals to keep myself exercising. And I find that that really helps me um, mentally as well as I feel better physically. So I I do that. And then I spend some time studying my Bible and try to get a good start to the day on that. Um, Check my calendar to see what I'm up for for the day. And then depending on what exercise I did, I still might be able to fit in a run to the grocery store before I go to work. I opened the store, our candle store, at 10 o'clock in the morning. So I have some flexibility in those early hours, and I'm much more productive then than I am after work. So I do a few errands, or I'll take our youngest daughter, who's a freshman in high school this year, on a date before work Mm. uh, or before she goes to school. Then I start my day, and I'm in the store from 10 to 4, and that's on a standard day. Our main business truly is fundraisers. We do fundraisers both locally and we we have some that we've done out in Pennsylvania, and I'm going to set up one for Nevada. So we tend to be more local, but we also can do them uh, nationwide. But we have a system where we set the group up on, they sell candles and wax melts, and then we deliver them. There's a lot more steps in between, but during the hours of 10 to 4, or um, actually later or earlier, if need be, I'll be packing candles for these orders because we deliver them packed by person. And so the process of labeling the candles and packing them is is done sometimes outside business hours. So that skews me a little bit sometimes. So that's why the 10 to 4 is, it seems like a luxurious day, but it's kind of my catch up for during, you know, once September hits through December, I'm, I am not doing 10 to 4 <laughs> most days. So. And then do you have an after work or evening routine that's kind of typical for you? My youngest daughter is a French horn player in the marching band this year, and she has had other activities with French horn and drama. So I tend to be the driver for her to attend her various activities, and or I'll do other errands for work or for home, and then we try to eat supper. It depends, because my husband... Um, he ended up taking a job a couple of years ago. We had just been surviving off of our family business. But then when two kids were in college mm-hmm. and the health insurance got astronomical, we had to send him out for a real paycheck. <laughs> so he actually got a job in his previous business. It used to be called temporary personnel, but it's in contract work uh, on a highly sophisticated computer level. It's a very specialized uh, firm that he works in. 
it's based in Detroit and we live in Indiana. So he went from driving or walking a half of a mile to get to our shop to driving five hours to get to Troy, Michigan every other week. So he is not able to always be, you know, driving our daughters where they need to be. So that's kind of my full-time responsibility. So when he's home, we kind of have one routine where we, we have the bigger dinner and we maybe play a game or watch a show together. And when he's not home, Zoe and I eat earlier because we're hungry faster and <laughs> it's a little bit quicker put together. And But I learned with our older two daughters that I'm, I'm a rule follower, but I remember the times when I broke the rules more than when I kept them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I decided that we could break some of the rules in quotation marks and, you know, eat not as fancy meals and, you know, be a little bit more relaxed. And it's, it's been fun. We enjoy it. Wow. So it's, it's, uh, it sounds like you've got a pretty full life, especially with your husband kind of being away for periods of time. It is a challenge. He used to do a ton of work for the candle company and I've learned how to push a dolly full of a lot of weight and loading up stuff and I, I'm hauling 50 pound boxes of wax around if need be and our candle maker is an, actually a friend of ours who, who makes candles for us now. He's a, a good friend and he actually is very helpful so he helps me a lot with the carrying and things and the deliveries if, if need be. It's one of those things where you kind of, you know, you want to be an independent woman. Well, you, you better do it because you, you said you could. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's, yeah, definitely. So, so you're running a business and I know, well, my perception as a customer of your business is that it's a very personal business to you because at least in my package, there's always a handwritten note each time I get my candles. Is that something you do for everybody or is that just me? (laughs) No, no, that's part of our, our thing. And we'll, I always try to find a quote that's either appropriate to the fragrance or the time of the year or something funny just to make people laugh or be motivated. And uh, we always individualize the notes. But then at that time, like I've done in yours a couple of times, we will put extra things in there that either if you've had a communication with us or some people will subscribe for a year at a time. And so We'll let them know when their subscription is you know, coming close to an end or the gift subscriptions, because you can give them as gifts. We'll write, you know, this is a gift for you from so-and-so, and, so, and uh, it's a three-month subscription. So kind of you'll let them know why this box is sitting on their doorstep. And it's been fun. I mean, and it's funny because people have asked for, they've, they've signed up friends for our service, and, and they say, we like the candles and the notes. <laughs> I've I'm kind of surprised. I'm like, well, okay, good. I, I better keep writing them then. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a nice touch, I guess. In a day and age when business can seem so impersonal, that just is really a nice personal touch, and it, I think it's something special about what you guys are doing. But obviously, that takes a lot of time, and you've got so you're running a business, both a mail order kind of thing, but literally a physical store that people can come into. You're looking after your your kids and, and, partic- and chauffeuring the one who's still at home. You are, you know, maintaining your relationship with your husband and dealing with the fact that he's, you know, working at a distance. And I hope you're taking care of yourself as well. And so you've got a lot of things on your plate none of which I knew about other than the business until you and I started talking today. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it, you know, it kind of makes me want to ask the question about how you, how you juggle all of that. Are there any particular tools you use to keep track of it? Uh, approaches that you take to sort of making sure that the, the balls stay in the air, things are getting done that are important to you? Well, I'll start with a confession that uh, in the fall, after about two months of the fundraisers, I am very excited if I have both groceries in the house and clean clothing. (laughs) (laughs) Right there, you know, you know, it gets dropped if I need to. But (laughs) one of the things I actually use is our candles. I have that little time in the morning that I said, I look at my calendar and I, I read my Bible and I light my candle then and just kind of say, this is my time to just think and prep and and be ready to go. So I use that kind of the ritual, mm-hmm. I guess the ritual of it helps. And then I have a, um, you have talked about in your Ask Me Anything episode about how you have your electronic calendar and then you transfer it to your paper calendar. And I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I have a little Habanichi calendar. So it's a small one. It's about, oh, four by six and it's a page a day. But for some reason, the process of writing things down in person physically versus just typing it on the computer just helps me think better. So every Sunday or Monday, I'll sit down and write in all my appointments for the week. And then it's at that time that I decide when I'm going to exercise because I don't love exercise, but I decided I needed it. So I know when the pool's open. I know when, you know, I look at the weather for outside bike rides or I look at the schedule and I assign myself which days and they they typically are the similar ones, but that way it's not a decision on the day. It's, mm. it's uh, the decisions already made. And then I use Strava. It's an app for tracking your workout. Yeah. And again, I mean, I, I can see that I didn't ride that fast, but it doesn't matter. It's, it tracks your mileage. It, if you have a computer, a bike computer on your bike, you can get it to download to Strava. So it'll tell you all sorts of things about your distance and your um, your rate or your, how many feet of climb you had in the ride and all sorts of technical stuff that I don't pay attention to much of it. But it keeps me honest. And then you have friends, and so they will each you know, give you kudos for your rides, and you can encourage them. And so... If you did something really well, they'll they'll notice it and you know they'll pat you on the back figuratively. So um, I find that to be a really just a, a helpful thing. And I decided that again the goals I'd mentioned earlier that I was going to swim a hundred miles this year and ride three thousand miles. Mm. And it's it's not that bad when you break it into three hundred and sixty five days, but. I can't skip a, one of my typical workouts to do that. So having the Strava just helps me keep track of all of it. I also like the Streaks app. Have you ever heard of that one? I've heard of it. I've never looked at it. Tell me about it. It's a way of setting habits. So you can, my husband is much more into the data than me. And so he will like get out of bed if he realizes he forgot to do something and he will break his streak and that'll just drive him crazy. I, I'm able to say I can skip it and I'll, <laughs> I'll go back to it the next day. But it does, it kind of is a way to assess things. So I use it to, 
I want to um, work on some new habits. And so you talked about taking care of yourself. And so I have an exercise habit I'm trying to work on. I have a food one because I'm kind of tracking my meals. I have a did I do my quiet time one. And I have did I reach out to someone because I'm an introvert and I don't automatically call people and I I need to not just hole up and (laughs) not not talk to people. So, um, and then I also have one about, did I, you know, have I continued with the house cleaning? Cause I can't let that drop. So, <laughs> but you, every day you can mark whether you did it or not. And then you can see, you can set it for only weekdays or three times a week or every day counting. So it'll, the ones that aren't like the ones that I have that are not for the weekend, you can't click on them during the weekend. So you don't even feel the need to to do them if you didn't want to. But it's just a neat way to, you know, how you know, it's a self-assessment for me. That's how I use it. Sure. How am I keeping up with the things that I want to improve? Well, and it, it sounds like a tool that really kind of capitalizes on our psychological bent towards maintaining a pattern or, you know, keep, once you've started a a streak of certain activities, there's something in us that doesn't want to uh, break that chain, so to speak. And so it sounds like an interesting tool to work with. It's, and it's very easy. Mm-hmm. So it's, I am not that technologically, uh, what's the word? I Astute, maybe uh, savvy. There you go. There you go, savvy. That's the word. <laughs> I can't even think of the word savvy. Is that saying something about me? <laughs> Are there other tools that you that you like? Uh, well, the other ones that I use are the Lose It app, and that was the weight tracking or the food tracking. And I I heard you that you use an Apple Watch, and I have one too. And so you can download the activity on your Apple Watch. You can just have it, have it automatically upload to lose it. And so you get to see that you earned calories by doing this activity or that activity. But it's a way of, it's a, it's just, you, you enter all the foods that you ate for the day. And I'm using it because I don't want it to be a diet because I'm horrible about those. I use it because I want to work on changing my lifestyle and it actually is a not terribly intrusive and fairly easy to use way of helping you realize that perhaps two scoops of ice cream would have been a little too much and maybe you should have just had one or less. <laughs> yeah, I have used the Lose It app myself in the past and it really is a it's a good tool for just helping you be more aware. You know, I think we have a tendency to underestimate how much we're eating and you know, the, the old, well, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. I eat like a bird until, and <laughs> you know, and then you start actually writing it down or, which is what I did before that app, you know, write it down and figure out what the calories are and add it up. But that app will do it for you. And then you suddenly realize, well, you know, maybe not so much like a bird is <laughs> maybe, maybe a different kind of bird that eats a lot. Um, so just generating that awareness it can make a huge difference. Yes. Well, and when I'm exercising, I tend to eat like a high school football player. And <laughs> I, 
I really don't have the frame to support that. So. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Isn't that the 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 hazard, and particularly when you, um, as I have become a how should we put this, a woman of a certain age, just thinking about food puts pounds on me, and so. <laughs> You know, if I work out really hard, yeah. my doctor tells me that I'm I'm due to gain 15 pounds. <laughs> say, well, I'm not really looking forward to that, so I'm trying to fight it off. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, Taria, you know, as we talk about the kinds of things that you're doing, uh, you've offered some really interesting tools and some ideas already. Uh, one of the things that I'm always curious about, I think every person's life is a little different and presents different challenges as far as staying productive and getting the things done that really matter to them. What what would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to managing your, your, you know, your productivity, your time, your life? Uh, you know, for some of us, it's keeping our stuff organized. Some of it's uh, a lot of us as women, it's, we, we struggle with saying no, but it's different for everybody. What What would you say are your biggest challenges? I agree with the the not saying no. I have frequently said to myself and my husband, "What can I quit next?" Um, so, but I have learned to to really make decisions based on the fact that I tell people that I am just unavailable for the next few months when fun fundraiser season starts, and that's I, I just can't can't get things done. And and so I've been I've been better at that. But I think my biggest challenge is I cannot always control my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, we get pallets of wax, pallets of glass, and all the other ingredients, and we have to turn those into fundraiser candles that get you know delivered. So if there's any one ingredient that we don't have, and then the supplier doesn't have it in time, and we didn't get it ordered as soon as we should then everything gets backed up and then you're scrambling and we're, you're labeling candles at nine o'clock at night because they didn't get done in time to be cured and so forth. So, or the fundraiser clients say, I really want you to come to this meeting on Sunday afternoon in Chicago. <laughs> so like, well, okay, I'm coming because you don't, don't turn that down, but uh, it changes you know, then you say, okay, we're clearing off the calendar and here's, you know, here we go. And then we'll figure out how to pick up the pieces later on. But when you're an entrepreneur, you don't have the ability to call in and say, well, I'll just get a substitute for today or whatever, because I'm my own substitute. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what I was thinking as I was listening to you describe that. That's, it's a, I guess it's part and parcel of being an entrepreneur, owning your own business that, if there's not a backup, if you're your own backup, then that does become a challenge for sort of managing those demands when they come from outside you. But the other half of that is um, we joke about, you know, we, we're entrepreneurs so we can work part time. We can do any 12 hours of the day that we want. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is, I mean, we really don't work 12 hours a day, y'all. You know, all the time. We had definitely pulled 12 to 15 hour days when needed, but I can, if I want to, if, if, if you know, if, if, if there's not a major fundraiser kicking off, I can find a way to get someone to cover for me at the store and go attend my daughter's award ceremony in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. And if I was working in the city, I don't think I could go do that. We were about a half an hour out of Indianapolis, but you couldn't just run down to Franklin for, you know, a, 
for a 45 minute award ceremony, but I can do that. And uh, that was something that we valued a lot and, and we're willing to make some other sacrifices for it. And, and our family relationships, I think, show that not necessarily to other people, but we are secure within our family relationships and uh, very connected. And that that's uh, one of our highest priorities. Yeah. Yeah, and I can see that. That's that is an advantage to, you know, you have those those seasons when you're having to work long hours and work into the night to to deal with a project that's on a deadline, but then you have those other seasons where you've got that flexibility and an ability to to pay attention to the things that matter to you as much or more than your your business. Right. Okay, well it sounds to me like, as, as I've said, you have a lot of things that you're doing. You have pretty full days, got a family that matters to you, you've got a business that you're taking care of, all those things. And you've got these tools that you use, the, the systems in place, the routines that you follow. But I got to ask the question because I ask every guest, even with all of that, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get just completely stressed out and overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Well, when I fill out my calendar and, and assess it every day, I put stars next to the items that I really need to try to get done today. This is the big deadline or whatever. And I, you know, there's big deadlines and then there's gigantic deadlines that I know for months that are coming. So when when something happens and we face an obstacle or some you know things get off track, I reassess and look at all the things that I thought were the most important for today, and I decide, well, this one isn't quite as important. It can get done tomorrow or whatever. And I just look at everything that I feel like I should do, and I compare it to what my priorities are. And one of the situations that the way of I make decisions with my priorities is. I, like I was telling you, I, I planned my exercise in the morning and I was going to swim on this one day. And a friend who I see regularly, but we don't really actually have personal time together, spontaneously asked me to go out for breakfast for the next day when I was going to be swimming. And I thought, boy, I'm not going to get that done. It's going to affect my monthly goal. And then I thought, I don't care. I This person is a priority. And so I was able to switch over and just, we went out for breakfast. It was a great time and it was a, it was meaningful to both of us. And I need to keep that in mind because I can be so goal focused that I forget about the relationships and that's the important stuff. The other thing that, this is the, the Navy coming back uh, into the conversation, but when we were plebes, which is, plebe summer is the summer before freshman year at the Naval Academy, and it's like boot camp. And they had you read a document called A Message to Garcia. And it's about, um, it's actually a story about a story. There was a young soldier who had been asked to take a message to Garcia, who was in the mountains uh, far away. And there was no directions on how this soldier was supposed to get the message across. And the soldier eventually got it done, but he faced all sorts of adversities. And first, he, you know, there is no real definition in the, in the actual document that describes what happens, but 
basically you picture him trying to take a boat across the river and the boat breaks. And so he's got to climb on a rope bridge or something. And then he, you know, he comes across bandits or whatever it is. And he faces all these things, but he gets the message to Garcia. The document that uh, I gave you the link for is um, a story about how that way of thinking is something that's important. And, you know, you don't want to give an employee, you know, please label these candles. And the employee says, well, I can't find the labels and doesn't do it. Or, you know, there's, there's no more of lit, no more lids to put on from this box, you know, instead of going to look for another box full of lids, they just stop. And so my children are not very fond of the phrase, take a message to Garcia, (laughs) because (laughs) we taught them about that concept when they were young, because the first thing kids do when they come across adversity is say, well, I can't do it. And they stop and they don't think around the problem and they don't make an effort to get it done. And sometimes they'd come up to us and we would say, take a message to Garcia. And they would kind of frown a little bit, but they would eventually figure it out. And we didn't necessarily have the solution for them, but it was one of those things that I'm sure that there was options that they could think of and they needed to use their imagination. So we have always been that way as a family. So if the candle delivery is happening tomorrow, I can't say, well, it's 10 o'clock at night and I just need to stop. (laughs) No, we just got to get it done because the delivery has to happen. You know, Dan drove in from Chicago. It's a three and a half hour drive. He arrived at 10 o'clock at night and he came to the store and he's helping me load candles and, the, you know, and because it's what we got to do. The other thing I should tell you is we actually have a family motto that we came upon. We realized we didn't actually set out to have this be our motto, but we say we do hard things the hard way, which isn't really great, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I mean, I love that thought, the, you know, the, the whole take a message to Garcia thing, that when you come up against an obstacle, you put your imagination and your creativity and your intelligence to work and find a way around it, because the task has to get done. And uh, there's so many applications for that in our life. And I can see how you know, that's relevant to this question about how you get back on track when the day falls apart, that you, you know, maybe give yourself a moment to to take a break and then you, you go to work and you figure out what, what's, what's the solution to this? How do I get myself back on track rather than just giving up? Yep. And sometimes it means you just look for the littlest thing you can do first just mm. to get it going. Yeah. Then, then you're not sitting there looking at the mountain. You're just looking at the five feet in front of you. Okay, I can get through that. Now what's the next thing? But you, the expectation is you will accomplish it. Yeah. And so we're just going to take it in smaller bite-sized pieces if we can. <laughs> uh, an, important, an important concept for all of us to remember. Just do the, the, just do the next thing, not everything, just what's the next little thing you can do. That's really, really helpful and a great reminder. So, Toria, what is on the horizon for you? What's coming up for you, either professionally or personally, that you're looking forward to? Well, my oldest daughter just got engaged two weeks ago. So this is a new thing for us. (laughs) 
wedding planning is now going to become you know, something I learn about. Um, so we're excited about that. And uh, we just took our whole family to um, Scotland and England you know, this summer on a trip that we'd been saving for for years. And so we're kind of in the afterglow for that. So I don't know. I don't really have any big plans. I, I just did them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's exciting. Um, and congratulations for your daughter. That's how fun to be mother of the bride. I've done that once. I've got one more daughter, to, uh, but she's not engaged yet. So how fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying not to be the scary one. <laughs> 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 as, as long as your daughter's not, you know, what what do they call it, bridezilla? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, this is the most quiet daughter of all three of my daughters. So. <laughs> Excellent. So, Toria, where can people connect with you online if they want to learn more about either your business or are you on social media? Where where where's the best place for people to to connect with you? Well, probably the most currently kept up one would be our Facebook page, and it's called Middle David's Candles. We also have an Instagram account that's also Middle David's Candles. And then we have websites, middledavids.com or makinglight.com are the two for the, the two lines of the business. And those those are maintained. I just get to the point where I hit overload and I only maintain a few of them for a time. And then I go update other ones. And <laughs> I'm not very good about that. <laughs> well, yeah. And I'll be, I'll be sure to put links to all those in the show notes so people can find those. And as well as the link that you sent me for the uh, message to Garcia. And so folks can find you there. This has been so awesome talking with you. Let me Let me just ask this as we're, before we wrap up, do you have any last words for the listener who might be, you know, maybe a little discouraged or maybe just looking for some help in getting the things done that matter and, and, and making a life that matters? What, what would you say to that listener? Well, I think what, if they're afraid that they don't matter, uh, I actually was just listening. I was going to quote you, come to think of it. <laughs> yeah. I was just listening to uh, your your Life That Matters podcast the other day, but... I agree with you that everyone should believe that they do matter, even if they're not going to be the next best author or, or whatever. But I think that the tip I give most people, particularly my daughters, when they're overwhelmed or feeling like they, they haven't accomplished things, is, is that little, just the little steps. Divide, you pull out a tiny part down of what you're looking at and work on that. Instead of saying, I'm going to, get my whole house accomplished or the whole house is going to be spring cleaned. I'm going to work on my desk or you know, not even a room, just the desk or something like that. And one day I organized my pin cushion. That was how desperate I was. So. <laughs> you, you can, you know, the old, you can, uh, you can make a journey of a thousand miles one step at a time. And, and there's, there's so much truth in that. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Toria, for taking the time to talk with me today. This has been great. Well, and thank you for this podcast. I've enjoyed listening to it and learning a lot from it, obviously, if I'm quoting you back to you. So <laughs> thank you very much for all you do for everyone. Well, it's, it's an honor, and uh, it, it's been great talking with you. 
I really enjoyed talking with Toria, and I am so thankful to her for taking the time to share with us her thoughts on how she manages her life, how she's making a life that matters, and for her great tips and suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Toria or for me about the things we talked about on this episode? Please share your questions or your thoughts in either the comments section of the show notes for this episode, which again, you'll find at theproductivewoman.com slash 205. Uh, and you'll also find links to the, the resources that she mentioned at that same place in those show notes. You can also post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page, or if you're in the Productive Woman Community Facebook group, post your question there. Tori is actually a member of the community and she'll, I know, jump right in and answer your questions. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can always email those questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. I always love to hear from you. Um, what else? I think that's it. Remember our sponsor, Text Expander. You can visit textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year of this indispensable productivity tool. And be sure to choose the productive woman in there. How did you hear about us? Drop down question. And thank you so much to Text Expander for supporting the productive woman. And that really is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and Victoria. I hope you found something in this episode that was encouraging to you or helpful to you. I can't wait to hear from you and hear your thoughts and questions about the things that Tori and I talked about. And in the meantime, I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself. Go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.